Natural Solutions with Dr. J. Your source for time-tested and cutting-edge natural medicine approaches to optimize your health. With your host, Dr. J. Sordian. This is Natural Solutions with Dr. J, and I'm very excited to have Dr. Danielle Dupre here today with me. And uh, Dr. Danielle has, uh, she was born and raised in Switzerland. She started her studies in psychology and nutrition in Paris and traveled through Europe, the Middle East, and parts of Asia before coming to the United States in 1979. And I also realized, now you've been in Nepal also? Yes, that's why I have a funny accent because I learned English in India. So I have the French from Switzerland and I learned English in India that have a half Indian baked accent. So where were you in India? I traveled from London to Kathmandu on an overland with a Bedford truck. And then I spent three months in Nepal and then went down to Sri Lanka. I was going to go around the world. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I had knee problems, so I had to be flown back to Switzerland to have surgery. Oh, my goodness. And I still need to finish going around the world. Oh, that's so interesting because that was in, you were there in 1979? 77. I came to the U.S. in 79, and I traveled there before. So I we, might have, we might have been there at the same time. Why didn't you say hi? Maybe I did. <laughs> Who knows? Did you enjoy the pastries I there? Was, yeah, I was traveling from Japan in 1977 through 70. Well, maybe 76 to 70, up to 78, 77, 76, yeah. 77. I was there um, from Japan. I stopped in a lot of different places. I was in India. I was in Sri Lanka. I got a cut on my foot on coral and then it infected. And eventually I was in Kathmandu the second time and I was there and um, it was swelling up. Maybe I told that story before. I think I did. No, you didn't. Um, but the coral reminds me my, uh, my thighs were all cut up with coral, but I did not get infected. Oh, you're lucky. Um, yeah, it was, it was terrible. It, that's another, uh, another story for another time. But anyway, so um, ultimately, you uh, then moved to the United States in 1979. Yep. And uh, let me. And so you were you lived and worked in a lot of places, and you have two doctorates, and you were a professor of um, traditional and quantum quantum naturopathy. Quantum naturopathy. Fantastic. And now, and then you moved to Colorado not long ago. That's right. And you have, uh, is it seven or eight? Is it daughters? No, I have six daughters and a son. So that makes seven children. I see, I see. And so I remember from um, looking up some of the information about you that that one of your daughters is a knife thrower. And one of of them throws hatches. 12-time world champion, ninth floor. <laughs> and another one is like a, a 14-time world champion in, in hatchet throwing? Oh, she's doing the hatchet as well. Oh, she but does? I have, I have five of my kids throwing knives, but this one really took it <laughs> to the top. And does the son throw knives, or is he the one who has to sit with the apple on his head? Well, he throws knives too, but uh, he is, you know, they throw knives on him too. But they tell me afterwards. <laughs> and how how about you? Do you throw knives? 
No, you know, it's my hands are just not made to throw knives. So you didn't teach them how to throw knives? No, I didn't. Huh. No. And that's it, not a Colorado thing. No, we were in, actually in California. And my daughter, when she was 13, wanted to be a stunt woman. Oh, and everybody I, discouraged her saying, you know, you have to be born in a stunt family. But I had some friend in the Bay Area and somebody told her, no, there is a school in Seattle you can go to. So she contacted them when she was like 18 and they told her, well, no, we don't take anybody under 21. And she said, but I've been homeschooled. I'm responsible. I can't do it. And they took her. So she she started by, you know, learning to jump off uh, galloping horses, being set on fire, climbing walls. And then she got into people who were knife throwing and she loved that. So she does the knife throwing. She does lasso. She does whips. And uh, yeah, having fun. That's pretty amazing. And and as a mother, you you homeschooled her, so you had total trust that she wouldn't end up killing herself or something. Well, one time she called me and she said, Mom, I missed the mat when she was uh, uh, jumping off the galloping horse. And I had a, a machine that can work, you know, distance. She said, can you put me on the machine? I'm hurting. But you, usually she would show me the videos when she came back. And my idea is, you know, my kids need to do what their talents are. Yeah. I don't want to keep them in a box. That's fantastic. So, um, so one of the, I know that you do a lot of quantum energetic work and that kind of, so that was one of the things that helped your daughter with her pain. Yes, it helps with the pain, and it helps to heal the body, heal faster. You just uh-huh. send energy, and uh, yeah, it heals faster. It's not instantaneous, but uh, she was back on the horse the next day. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I know that I um, one of my good friends here in the Bay Area, his son, like he he coached football, and one of his sons was having knee problems, and and he had recently said that the acupuncture that I gave every week really made it possible for his son to continue playing and then eventually he had to get some knee surgery too but he was able to finish yeah. out the uh the season and so that energetic work and working with the electromagnetic fields of the body is is a very powerful um oh, absolutely way to do things so that's one of the things you do could you talk a little bit about that or what what would you like to talk about as far as the the healing processes that you are most excited about Well, I like to go deeper. When I was uh, living in California, I worked with medical doctors. So they took care of the body and the symptoms, and then they sent me their patients so I could find out why they had the problem. Because I like to go deeper. I think the body is oftentimes showing us what trauma we've had that are not resolved. So let's look at that, and uh, then we'll find a solution. When you do interactive guided imagery, the idea is that uh, you know your client knows why they have it, knows where it came from, and especially what to do about it. And my job is just to pull that information from the subconscious to the conscious mind. So, so that's you, call, you call it interactive what? Guided imagery. Oh, all right. That's right. I, I, re- I remember we had that conversation before. So and that's, that's the type of uh, client-centered hypnosis, if you want. Oh, all right. All right. That's, that's very interesting. So as part of your background and training, there is hypnotherapy and 
emotional freedom technique and I do that and nutrition you know I started to uh, study in Paris I was studying psychology I was able to get in uh, the Institut Français de Culture Humaine in Paris and when I was 16 and I when I was 15 I was diagnosed with skin cancer had surgery every six months but that institute in Paris was also teaching nutrition and they said, you know, you may want to, you know, find out if that can help you. Well, when I was 18, I bought my first juicer, started to detox, and that did it for me. I never went back to the surgeon. So I had both sides. I had the nutrition and I had the psychology when I was in Paris. And later on, I did my doctorates. I became very sick in my 30s. And uh, I studied naturopathy, got my doctorate that helped me get better, then got a PhD in natural health. Mm. And my, uh, my PhD dissertation was on the power of the mind in healing because I think a lot comes from the mind. From there, I studied uh, uh, interactive guided imagery, hollow energetic, and then worked with homeopathy and uh, different tools that uh, give energy to people. Very interesting. I know that um, I've, I've studied homeopathy a lot with a lot of different practitioners. And one of the interesting phrases that that I like to describe to to uh, patients and clients is that when every when you're healthy there's nothing I mean that's what Jeremy Shear said it's like nothing because you move and it's just you're moving there's no restriction there's no pain there's nothing else and so health is nothing and it, it sounds kind of strange <laughs> to say that but yeah. um, when you think about it deeply it's kind of like yeah you just you know, everything's just working very smoothly without any hitches, and that's kind of a nothing. But but um, one could also, I guess, from a quantum standpoint, say that we essentially, if if as far as matter goes, the, the um, actual amount of matter that we are composed of, the matter is just twirling around so fast, it looks like we're solid. But in essence, we are each nothing as well. Exactly. That's what I, I try to teach that to my clients, saying, you know, everybody knows an atom. You have the neutron and the proton together, and then the whirling electrons around, okay? Yeah. They don't like to be alone, so they find another atom, and together they make a molecules. And then these molecules make up cells, and the cells make up uh, liver, for instance, and all that turn into your body. Then you go the other way is, you know, take an organ, for instance, the liver, the stomach, what is it made out of? It's made out of cells. What are the cells made out of? Molecules. What are the molecules made out of? Atoms. What do atoms do? They twirl. So the only thing you are is a bunch of twirling energy. And when you have problems, is there is a disruption in that energy system. Mm -hmm. So my role is with one therapy or another to remove that uh, that disruption in the system. So you start out by asking the clients questions um, with the interactive guided. I don't start them with that because that goes pretty deep. You know, the first time we have a conversation, many people come, you know, I, I'm thinking of a client, he came because his nose was hurting. He couldn't breathe well. And then one say, you know, a lot of time when we have physical problem, it's because of a trauma or stress we have. He say, oh, yeah, I, I lost custody of my son. And from then on, I could not breathe. Interesting. So usually, you know, you attract the people that you can help also. So usually people are willing to go deeper 
into the the reason or the, or the why. So and, in in the um for in with that example, um he said yeah he lost custody of his son and so did it instantaneously it like change. Well then we we use the the freedom technique or the tapping techniques to help him with the the loss of his child what was he feeling you know grief sadness anger so we did the tapping techniques on, on all those different things but when we started the first session we just were doing the tapping techniques on you know i can't breathe my breathing is restricted mm-hmm. and uh, you know that causes me problem we just work on the physical and then when i asked that all of a sudden it opened up a whole new realm of why that came from, because uh-huh. the tapping technique worked well once you get to the root cause of the problem, what initiated that, you know, not breathing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he was able to breathe better. So sometimes you got, you know, little nuggets from the universe on top of it. So, yeah, that's very interesting. So there was the, the an event or a series of events that together um, created an impact on him, and so do you think that was it was it created an emotional event? And so yeah, exactly. when when it, when you were doing the EFT at first, you started more um, on the physical symptoms, and then then you discovered more the emotional side of it. Um, do you ever just work on an event that ha- it is like not specific to emotions is associated with, but it could be just like an event that you would go through? Well, I had a client that still had a a shoulder pain after an accident. So we did work on the event, the accident, everything that happened around the accident. You know, when she left home, was she in a good mood, a bad mood? Did she just have an argument with her husband or not? And then, you know, was she stressed when she was driving? Hmm. And we go through the whole story and, you know, she was hit and then the ambulance came. And then she was transported to the hospital. How was she treated in the hospital? And I can't remember for her if that was a tire screeching from the ambulance or the light of the ambulance that somehow got stuck in her shoulder. So she had gone through surgery. She had done physical therapy, all kinds of stuff. That shoulder still hurt. But when we figured that out, we did the tapping on that. And uh, then her shoulder pain went away. Wow. So so even a sound, a, a screeching sound, it may have been that, you can't remember exactly, but a screeching sound itself could have impacted her nervous system and created a certain memory that was associated with a, a maybe a physical position or something. Something Dr. Alpletcher talks about, a vector of energy that mm-hmm. traumatizes us, that goes in the body and makes itself very small, So, but it still hurts. And then, you know, the the interactive imagery is more when people have no clue. I had a client that had been uh, diagnosed with um, uh, depression, clinical depression for five years. She had no clue why she had depression. So she came every week and it took a while. At the time, I didn't do the tapping techniques. I didn't know about that. But what she saw, she was in black cloud, just a black cloud. And, you know, we talked about the black cloud, what it was made out, and she was falling, and and eventually it got grayer, and uh, she was in her 40s when she came. We went back to a time when she was in 20, she had been raped, and was pregnant and had an abortion. She had totally forgotten about it. 
So we dealt with that and the depression went away. Wow. So that's very interesting how the their physical events associated also with the emotions at the time can then get locked in the body and transform into perhaps a totally different emotion. Exactly. You know who Dr. John Sarno is? He's an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, and he said, you know, he saw people that with their spine had just a little bit of something wrong, and they were in excruciating pain, and some people had the whole spine was misaligned, they had, uh, uh, what is those things coming out, I forgot the name there. Disc bulges or? Disc bulges or something, and had no pain, and he realized that the people, a lot of the pain we have in our back is because of trauma we've had. And in our society, we don't talk about emotions. So in order for emotion to be processed, emotion is energy in motion. It has to be processed and we don't process it. So it gets stuck somewhere in our body. And in order to release that, the body says, hey, I'm hurting, do something. And he realized that when he worked with the emotion, the pain would go away. He didn't need to do surgery. Mm. And so sometimes that, emotion starts to move when we actually speak about it or we rec- if the individual recognizes it but you don't actually have to do talk therapy necessarily for that to resolve right i don't do talk therapy because when i was studying psychology in paris we learned that we could help 25% of people 25% of people would get worse and 50% would have no change. I mean, you may know why you have the problem, but what to do about it, we didn't know. Ah. So that's why I like, I use imagery to go to the root cause, and then I use a tapping technique, or I'll also use my devices to know what uh, what the problem is. Wow, fantastic. And and can you tell me something about the, the principles some of the devices are based on? Um, oh, let's see. It's called proprietary information. I don't know how it Oh, you works. don't know. Know. Okay. It just we know it works. You know, yeah. Russians have done a lot of studies with uh, with animals. They took, for instance, a mother mouse and took her babies away in a submarine far away, and they killed the babies, and the mom would react. Yeah. yeah. So we know there is kind of a connection. What is that energy? And I had a doctor say we're going to understand it maybe in fifty years, but in the meantime, it doesn't hurt. It helps people, so let's use it. Yeah. There's, there are these, um, out of England, there's radionics machines, which are using yeah. different resistances and dials and things like that. Each each different uh, part of the body has a particular number uh, corresponding, like on the dials and things it's like that. Radio- Pardon? Everything has a signature. Exactly. exactly. A bone has a signature and a liver has a signature. If your liver is healthy, the signature would be a certain way if it's sick. It's going to have a different frequency. So right. what my device does, it tells the liver, apparently we have that memory in our cell of what health is. So it sends the proper frequency telling the liver, align to that, align to that, this mm-hmm. is health. Mm-hmm. And then the liver say, you know, responds, either I'm aligned or that's enough for today. Right. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, there, there um, many years ago I, in New York City, I was living in Philadelphia and I went to New York City to study Reiki a little bit uh, with yep. one of the people who, in, with the guy who invented it. And, and he was, there were a lot of people there in this, in this seminar 
and he was talking, and I speak Japanese too, so I could understand they were in, they were translating it too, but he was speaking in Japanese, and he was talking about, no, you probably won't believe this, but, and this was back when there were telephone receivers, you know, it's like a handheld, yeah. he said, yeah, he would, people would call him, and they, and, and they would say, oh, something's going on, can you help me? Well, I, you know, I can't see you right now, but okay, just hold it, hold it up next to your head. And and yeah. then he would just go like this with his hand over the receiver, and it would send the vibration maybe through the wires, but may, he probably didn't even have to do it through the wires. No, no you don't. And and, and <laughs> says, you know, we're all going, wow, that's pretty impressive. That's so interesting. But action at a distance is a very interesting principle that um, perhaps individuals who are listening and aren't used to this kind of conversation would would understand how like a maternal instinct yeah is another one of those types of things that or paternal even you know you go yeah. oh, something's yeah. going on I, I better call somebody and we do, we have those kind of uh intuitive actions that we take someone will will, will go I need I think I should call so and so and then, yeah. then they they say, "I was just thinking of you at this moment, yes, right?" Exactly. Yeah. Or you go somewhere and you can feel the energy. You can feel people are happy or people are fearful. I mean, I'm pretty sensitive to that. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so, so emotions emit kind of an energy. So, uh, are are you? Do you consider yourself an empath? Yep, but I learned to not be too. To get too sick with that that empath because when I I remember the first time I had a client who had cancer I don't know how many times I went to wash myself after general from and get that or the way when I started my practice I would get the pain that my clients had mm. and I would have to solve the pain in me in order to help them and it got to be a little too painful oh yeah that so, makes a lot of sense wow yeah, I know that in uh, some of the acupuncture school trainings and stuff also, people would say, yeah, well, you know, just pay attention to what's going on inside yourself because it may be a clue of what's going on with the other yeah. person as well. So it's something of that nature. I I, um, I do not consider myself a sensitive or an empath, but, but um, I have a number of those individuals who are in my life. And so... Yeah. Um, I can see how it could be difficult. You have to figure out ways to, um, I know there's different kinds of ways to image and, and create like a energetic light bubble around yourself, which I've, I've suggested to patients of mine before when they, they're at work or something and there's some other toxic individual who just like sucks all, oh. they're, they're like energy vampires. Exactly. And so I say, well, yeah. try this or try that. And sometimes that's helpful as well. Yeah, exactly. But you know, being an empath like that is makes it easier when you have a baby that's crying, because you can feel what's going on in your body when you're working with animals. Mm. If you can, you know, not be in pain for days, but I just like to have an inkling of what that animal is feeling, that will help me to get the solution too. Wow. So um, other than human animals, you also work with other animals? Well, I use the tapping techniques and my uh, my device on dogs, cats, uh, and horses. We had a horse. Um, my daughter was going on a horse, and he threw everybody. So she got thrown off, and uh, you know, apparently the the horse had been abused. 
So I worked with the, the new owner and I was doing the tapping on the horse. And eventually she was able to mount the horse tapping everywhere where she, you know, put the boot, never reacted again. That's so interesting. you know that the tapping is not a placebo. It works on animals. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, it's also, I mean, acupuncture works on animals too. And it's one of the, one of the ways that we argue with people saying, well, it's not placebo. If it, if it works on an animal, is it placebo? Yeah. Ask the question. And if they say no, well, it works on animals, so it can't be totally placebo. There was many years ago at an herbal uh, conference that I went to, one of the people brought a an article from the Journal of the American Medical Association. And, and JAMA is considered to be very, very high level, like you can believe yeah. what they say. And this article was from the 50s, and it was about a placebo effect in medicine. That's and what I did my PhD on. Oh, interesting. So the Placebo effect and multiple personalities. That's an interesting, interesting combination. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you had the both together mixed, placebo and multiple personalities? Well, one after the other. Oh, oh. It, you know, my dissertation was on the power of the mind in healing. So I talked about different ways the powerful the mind works in placebo uh, and how amazing how it works with multiple personality. They can even change the color of their eyes. How do they do that? You know, one personality has diabetes, the other doesn't. They have a different blood type. How We don't understand how they do it, but, you know, we have, see the So have you actually worked with people with multiple personalities? Well, I met one when I was learning interactive guided imagery. She said she had different glasses on her nightstand because she never knew which personality she would wake up with. So she would need a different pair of glasses. And then one time I had a client who in the middle of a session went back when she was a little child and started to talk like a five-year-old. And all of a sudden, I had to change my whole vocabulary because there was a different person. And obviously, she did not understand adult vocabulary. Yeah. yeah. So we took that little child and grew her to the age of uh, my client at the time. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, many years ago, I was part of a, a group. I study hypnotherapy and things like that. I don't necessarily use it officially with any any patient you know sometimes i would have hypnotherapy relaxation tapes or some other theme going while people had the needles in because i felt like it helped them get a little deeper and um i was in this group it was an a part group which is the american past life research therapy group mm -hmm. and every month we would meet and in san francisco and some of the others who are very active in their practices had these like amazing amazing stories and and that reminds me of one where someone was in a hypnotherapy session and and he was um the guy who was who was guiding um uh, was talking to this other person and and all of a sudden the voice radically changed yeah and it was like yeah. this man's voice in a woman and he's yeah. going oh well hello who are, who are you you <laughs> exactly and and it's so fascinating and ultimately it resolved its, itself this was um, he had described it as a personality fragment, or it was it was like someone who had died, and the 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 woman who was being cohabitated by this energy um, 
as a child was needed protection and so this this partial this partial entity came in to protect her but it was obviously no longer necessary it was like just screwing her life up and so um the therapist said well okay i want you to just look around and see what tell me what you say look you know and he said well i see this i see that and it's still this man's voice and uh, he says okay make sure you look all the directions try not to be too directive right but just sort of you know you don't want to overly control in any hypnotherapy session and says okay i want you to look around and then the the uh the deep voice said you know said well i looked up and i see this light up there and so oh well that's very interesting and so uh-huh. so the whole concept was that this this uh personality fragment had been there to protect her but actually needed to move on to the next level of of reality yeah. and so then eventually it saw the light and it just shot out and then the voice changed and that voice it was back to the woman's voice and it's it's, like, it's so curious how human what reality is i'm just always amazed yeah i think the deeper you go the the weirder it gets and you have to come back yeah i like to make a distinction between hypno uh, hypnosis and interactive guided imagery All right. hypnosis usually it's pretty direct do this do that you know imagine yourself on the beach with imagery you let the client lead you to where it wants you know find a, find a nice place it can be a beach it can be you know the nicest place one of our client had was in front of a slot machine in las vegas that's where she was the most relaxed <laughs> now imagine a hypnotherapist tell you to go in front of a slot machine that wouldn't work but for some reason you know some people the beach doesn't work some people the meadow doesn't work so you let the client actually lead you and you just follow the clients to where it needs to go. That's really interesting. Wow. And you know past life I was studying with a, a therapist who we were both doing interactive imagery. She was very deep into the past life and I said I don't believe in that, you know. But I, we did, you know, we worked on each other. It was really fascinating. But one day I had a client who could not lose weight. It didn't matter what she did for exercise, for food. So we went into imagery and all of a sudden she was on a boat coming from Europe to the United States in the 1600s. Ooh, and she was starving. There was no food on that boat. So for some reason, the emotional DNA, we have that too, came way down to her and she constantly felt she was starving. Right. Wow. So was was she in a slave ship? No, it was not a slave ship. She was, you know, from Europe when they starting to settle the the pilgrims when they came over from uh-huh. Europe to uh, Plymouth. She was in one of those ships, oh, and you know, for weeks they didn't have much. Yeah, and yeah. that's the image that came to her mind. So we worked on that, and then she was finally able to lose weight. Wow! And so you didn't like automatically say, "Okay, let's go to a ship in the 1600s." No, <laughs> obviously it would never have come. And to you my didn't mind. say, "Okay, let's go to the slot machines." No, no. no. That's what is so fascinating with doing interactive guided imagery. It's fun. It's just you never know where you're going. Yeah. You cannot prepare a session. You just. You know, we study for two years and uh, we kind of, you know, make fun of each other and say, yeah, we study for two years. And then we say, uh-huh, yeah, tell me more, uh-huh, <laughs> you know. But then we also have the tools. Uh, didn't happen to me, but with a medical doctor, he had a patient who had been abused 
And during the session, the wounds reopened. She started bleeding going back there. Wow. So you have to know what to do. You know, some people go for a weekend or a week training in hypnotherapy. They cannot handle that. Yeah. We are training. We had to, to learn in just in case something like that happens. Does that happen very often? I know that's the only case I heard. I had a, a woman with me that got into a panic attack that it was induced. But, you know, the, the doctor said, if you can induce a panic attack, you can stop it too. So I just had learned how to do it. And then we went through it and it was not a big deal. Oh, interesting. So um, tell me, what what's the biggest challenge that you've had? Well, I had some several challenges. You know, when I was uh, 15, diagnosed with skin cancer, having surgery. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, uh, detoxing, realizing that actually, you know, did something to me. I didn't have the cancer any longer. And it's only when I was doing my doctorate that I realized that uh, vaccinations are also linked to cancer. Because later on, I had something that was also a side effect of vaccination. I had a lot of vaccination as a kid. We didn't know there was some side effects. So that was the first thing that led me to nutrition is important. You know, what you eat, it's got to be healthy. And, uh, you know, and growing up in Switzerland, I didn't have all the junk food. Unfortunately, most Americans grew up with. So I've never been attracted to all the, the junk food. And then when I was in my 30s, I was bedridden for uh, weeks. I had six children at the time. And uh, in extreme pain, a chiropractor friend of mine says, you have all the symptoms of, uh, oh, how is it called? MS or something. No, 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 no. It's some, a nerve. Uh, all my nerves basically got inflamed. Wow. Polyneuritis. And he said, but usually it's only people who drink and you don't drink. Never had alcohol. But later on, I learned that was also part of the uh, uh, vaccinations side effects and also I was in an abusive situation and my whole body was telling me get out of there but I didn't realize it so it took me a long time that's why I went into the the power of the mind because that's finally with my mind you know when you're in an abusive situation you can eat all the health food you want and detox that's not going to do much for the mind so you also have to work with that aspect so changing and, the environment's a very important part of some processes absolutely yeah. so eventually when i learned the tapping techniques that gave me the courage to divorce i didn't realize it was going to be a process that lasted 16 years and then i had false accusation made uh, against me the anyway i was arrested and thrown in jail for six months in maximum security was that related to the divorce yeah, because my teenager, the father was a pedophile and he abused the children. Oh my God. And the judge, you know, the judge put the children with him. So they ran away a couple of times. They were teenagers when they ran away the second time. And because I did not force them to go back to their father, I was accused of having kidnapped my children. I was thrown uh... in jail. So I learned a lot about myself in jail. I learned to trust myself and... Uh, I thought, you know, maybe God put me there so I could, you know, help these inmates. But uh, they didn't want to be held. They were giving tricks to each other about not how to get caught the next time because they kept going through jail. And I realized I was the only one who had never been in jail. Mm. And they had never met 
anybody who had not been in jail. It was their life. Uh, my first cellmate, she was put out in the street as a prostitute at 11 years old wow. and on drugs. Was this county jail? Or? Uh, that was in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, it was county jail. And then I was transferred back to uh, uh, to California. But, uh, you know, these people have never seen anything else. Her father and her uncle were in prison. The fathers of her three children, three different fathers were all in prison. They had no clue what another life was like. Wow. Wow. So there's a lot of work to be done in to help people that are, you know, have gone through jail. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it uh, it did a lot to my mind. I was uh, diagnosed with uh, uh, complex PTSD and I had to find solutions and I did. So now I can help other people. So nutrition, power of the mind, the emotion and the recover from trauma. Wow. So, so um, you'd say your gift, the world, there's like five keys um, that are part that's of your correct. gift to the world. Yeah, that's, I have my five keys to health and uh, wellness and excellence. The first key, you have to take care of your physical body. It's a vehicle that takes you from conception to death. So take care of it with nutrition, with exercise, with uh, sunshine, rest, relaxation, and nature. A lot of people are nature deprived, so we need that. Now, key number two is about take care of uh, emotions, mastering your emotion, remove the disempowering ones. Key number three is about learning to focus your conscious mind. You make decisions with your conscious mind. You have to be able to uh, look at facts and not let all the emotions come around and decide for you. So you master your, uh, your conscious mind. Key number uh, four is the interactive imagery, going deeper to find where it comes from. It's in your subconscious mind. Why is it there? What do you need to release? And then the fifth key is about energy. I call it love, life, and miracle. It's that field that we're just starting uh, you know, to look into that is kind of weird because your matter really doesn't exist. So who are you? And uh, I had one of my teachers says, you know, when you decide to go to the restaurant, does the restaurant exist before you decide you go to that restaurant? Does it exist after you come back? <laughs> so finally it gets mind boggling, but learning to work with the field or with your heart, feeling the heart energy is very helpful in your life too. Mm. So, um, when we talk about the chakras, yeah. So, is the heart chakra actually right there in the heart? Is like right there? Is it a little higher, a little lower, or can it shift around? No. Some people say it's like a little door. More, yeah. It's more in the middle, but still towards the left. It's not in the heart. It's just right beside it. Okay. All right. And um, so anything else that you'd like to tell the listening audience? I, I'm, this has been so fulfilling and so interesting and engaging for me. And I'm sure everyone else is, is just like blown away with everything that you've been able to share and your, all the, your incredible background and your wisdom and, and the suggestions that you have for them. So. What else would you like to tell people? Is it like a secret, well, maybe? Another secret. Never give up. Ah. You know, unless you, you're six foot underground. It's two things. Though. Never give up. You look for the solution. 
But then I also had clients as well. I'm not that bad. And I hear people, you know, they, they get out of their fourth stage cancer. So I'll wait till I'm, till I'm on the fourth stage and then I'll do something about it. So the idea, you know, never give up, do something like right now, whatever you are. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I found solution. I think there is no question without an answer. So look for the answer. You wouldn't have the question if there wasn't an answer. Very, very wise words. Very wise words. So, so, and so the move to Colorado is wonderful compared to California? Now I was in uh, Las Vegas for a while. So oh. I came to California. I spent two, two years in Vermont, back to California. Then I went to Nevada and I was uh, staying in Las Vegas for 14 years. Had the opportunity to come to Denver. So that's where I'm right now. And we'll see what the next move is. So did you, were you able to take, take like a Calistoga wagon from Las Vegas to Colorado? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And, and um, is the energy different there compared to Las Vegas? It's very different, yeah. yeah. California was very open to all kinds of therapies, as you know. Uh-huh. And when I moved to Las Vegas, I didn't know medical doctors are not allowed, it's a law, are not allowed to work with naturopaths. So it was very difficult. Interesting. Because when I was in California, I was working with a medical doctor. We each had our specialties, and right. and that didn't work in uh, in Las Vegas. So in Colorado? Well, Colorado, people are more open. The problem is I arrived just before the COVID thing. Good point. So Good point. I didn't have a chance to really network yet. Right. But right. it seems to be more open, and now we have the internet, so I have the world. Exactly. So... So um, if people want to get in touch with you, I will be sure that we have your link in the yep. notes down below. But what, what is it? Uh, coach me now, Dr. D, D-R-D, at gmail.com. So coach me now, D-R-D, at gmail.com. All right. Very good. Thank yep. you. Thanks so much for, for coming on. And, well, uh, thank you for having me. It was fun. I've always enjoyed uh, being on your show, too. So uh, right. this yeah. is great. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, enjoy Colorado weather, and I'll, I'm going to go out and get me some nature here, too, now. All right. Well, we have a storm right now, so I'll wait for the storm to pass. It sort of looks a little stormy over the lake there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Well, thank you. If you're interested in finding out more about how you or your relatives can avoid dementia, buy the book, Outsmarting the Dementia Epidemic, Seven Key Memory Care Actions to Avoid Alzheimer's and Successfully Keep Your Brain Safe, Sharp, and Sexy into the Future by going to OutsmartingDementia.com. That's OutsmartingDementia.com. If you'd like to learn more about how to get an appointment with Dr. Sordian, please call the Redwood Clinic at 510-849-1176. And for information, go to theredwoodclinic.com. Thank you.